Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 48, the Jimmy Johnson edition, because he was the 48 car. And hope everybody had a great week. I know I'm late recording. Um, reason I did not record yesterday, I, I thought the Tech Baseball game was going to be in the afternoon and I was going to uh, be able to recap Game 2 because with Game 2, uh, no matter which way it went, there would have been some uh, you know s- uh, serious implications to talk about on this podcast. Um, and then when I found out that the game was not going to be till yesterday evening, I decided to go ahead and move recording uh, this week's episode to Sunday. Um, we are in the midst of Game 3 right now. Tech is winning 2-1 to one going into the 4th, uh, bottom of the 4th. <laughs> it's Sunday. We know Tech pitching on Sunday is, an, is a wild and wooly adventure. We'll see what happens. But let's talk a little bit about the, the this weekend series against Oklahoma State. Tech won the series yesterday officially. They won Friday, and then uh, Saturday was able to get it done as well. The Friday game, wild ending to it. Um, and really, it was a lucky ending for Tech. Um, you know, again, Andrew Morris pitched a heck of a game. Again, like death and taxes, the Tech relief staff came in and just they were they were they were on the struggle bus, quite frankly. Um, but uh, you know, fortunately, Oklahoma State's base runner made a horribly boneheaded play and got caught in a rundown, and Tech was able to get out of the uh, bottom of the ninth with the win on Friday. Saturday, Birdsell does it again, and he was lights out. Tech was able to build up a, a pretty substantial lead uh, with hitting. I think it was a uh, eight to one at one point, and then uh, you know it was it was it was a good enough lead that when. The relief staff came in and did what the, our relief staff does. Tech was able to hold on. I think they won like eight to four, eight to three, but uh, cer- certainly a significant uh, series win. Um, Oklahoma State was coming into this weekend was winning the Big Twelve. They were the only Big Twelve team projected to host a regional in the NCAA tournament. Now Tech has knocked them out of the Big Twelve leads. Currently TCU is in the lead, and they'll probably. They will probably stay in the lead because they're playing Kansas and they'll sweep Kansas, um, but significant. And it also helped Tech's RPI. Um, they're now up into the 20s. It, I still think it's going to be way uh, too much of a bridge too far for, for Tech to host a regional. Um, I think you got to sweep today. I think you have to sweep Oklahoma next week, and that could possibly get you – a chance to be a top 16 seed, but I think it's still going to be a tough go. But um, you want to you want to have a high enough RPI where they ship you as a number two seed to one of the more vulnerable regional sites. Um, I saw a projection on Friday before this Oklahoma State series began that had Tech in the Knoxville regional as a two seed. I don't want any part of that. I do not want to have to go to Knoxville and try to have to knock off uh, Tennessee, especially with the pitching staff we have. We got we got we got the two pitchers. The regional is going to be the hard part to win. You know, if you you know game one, game two, you you got your top two. You can go two and zero. Oh. The problem is that in a regional setting, you've got to win through at least three games, if not more. And I still don't have faith that they can win three games with the pitching staff that they have. Um, and I don't want to test that out against, you know, probably the team that's been playing, not probably the team that has been playing 
the best baseball this season in the NCAA and in the University of Tennessee. So we need to get off that Knoxville regional and and hopefully go somewhere else. I've seen uh, Corvallis as a possibility. I wouldn't mind that. Um, Spokane. Spokane probably, I think, is the best-case scenario for Tech. I think certainly Gonzaga would be a very vulnerable opponent that Tech could knock out. Uh, Coral Gables, I've also seen that one. I'm good with that one as well. Uh, Tech has good history at the Coral Gables Regional. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, But bottom line, that was a very huge series win to get uh, Oklahoma State this weekend. You know, <laughs> Sunday's Sunday is Sunday with Tech baseball. Um, I don't I, I don't expect to win today, even though they're up two to one. If they win today, that's the cherry on top of a Sunday. But I don't see that happening. So we'll we'll kind of stay tuned. And then next weekend you've got Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been playing really good baseball as of late. You played Oklahoma about a month ago in the non-conference in Amarillo, and you just I mean it was a midweek Tech and midweeks brutal. Oklahoma was able to win. Um, I think I think you could take two two of three from Oklahoma. You're back here at home at Dan Law Field. I think that's certainly a very doable uh, series win. And then uh, the Big 12 tournament, I don't think it's really going to matter. I think Tech will do what they usually do in the Big 12 tournament, be two and done or three and done. Uh, Tadlock is type of coach that is not going to jeopardize his pitching staff for the regionals and hopefully the super regionals on a conference tournament. And I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference for Texas Tech. I think you're firmly in the tournament. I think you're going to have to have a lot more help than you, than you can get to get to that top 16 and, and be able to host a, a regional at this point in time. And so I think the key big thing is let's get ourselves off that Knoxville line um, I like I said, I think my top two destinations right now for regionals that I've seen um, would be Spokane and then probably Coral Gables. I would also throw in Dallas. Um, you know, Dallas Baptist looks like they're going to be a national seed and host a regional. Tech's already gone down to Dallas and beaten Dallas Baptist, and so I I would be good with, with that uh, arrangement because. You're going to have some de facto home games down there for Tech baseball if that happens. I don't think the NCAA committee would do that to Dallas Baptist, though. So I think, you know, Spokane and Coral Gables are, are, are two bigger possibilities at this point in time. So there's really not a whole lot of other sports news this week. Uh, you know, football has been pretty much quiet, um, you know, other than you know, the weeping and gnashing about the NIL deal and and there's talk about how, what are we going to exactly do with the Big 12 divisions. Um, I actually, here's here's my take on that. Um, I saw, I saw a, a, a basically a model of breaking the Big 12 into four-team pods and have them rotate. I kind of like that idea. Um, I... I, and I've also heard talk about let's do a round robin. I'm not an, I'm not keen on that. You know, I there's playing Cincinnati every year, not going to do much for me or UCF. Here here are the teams that I want as, as far as football. I think you will play every team every year in the other sports, and it'll be very similar to when the Big Twelve was twelve teams. Where in basketball you'll have your teams you play home and home could be a pod system could be a division system and then the rest you'll play 
Um, you'll, you'll alternate every year, either home or away. Um, but with football, here are the teams I want to play every year. Oklahoma State. Um, there's been a lot of discussion. Is Oklahoma State going to be the new rival for Tech? Um, I think they will be. It, we're not going to replace Oklahoma or, you know, for Bedlam, and I don't think they're going to replace Texas in our eyes either, but I think you can build a very solid rivalry with Oklahoma. You already have that. Um, I think you can build onto it with with uh, with these two. And to me, these are the two big dogs in the Big 12 moving forward, Oklahoma State and Tech. So I think you, I, I want to have Oklahoma State every year um, on the schedule for football. Um, Houston, I want to have them on the schedule every year. I think that's another potential buildup of a rivalry that you can have there. Um, there's there's hate on their side towards Tech. Um, tech, I think there's I think the hates sports hates growing on Tech's side as well. So definitely Houston, um, Baylor. If it's between Baylor and TCU, I'd rather play Baylor. I think the those are more compelling games. Um, but uh, you know, if I had my if I have my druthers, let's play TCU every year as well. That's fine. I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. I really think Tech can develop a pretty decent rivalry with BYU. Um, you're going to be the two furthest west teams, um, and I just I I, I want to see them on the schedule every year as well. But if if you go to a pod system, I think clearly the pod system that I think Tech want would would want would need to be in would be with Oklahoma State. Uh, Baylor, Houston, TCU. That would be my pod system for that. Um, beyond that, and actually, I'm, my math is wrong. We'd have to drop one. I'd drop TCU. I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather do Baylor than TCU. But uh, if you do a divisions, that's I think where it gets interesting. Um, you know, do you do a North South division? I don't want Tech to be in the same division as UCF, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and that's because I don't feel like having to have to go travel out there every year um, for stuff. So I would rather let's get BYU in here. Um, you know, is it going to be BYU plus the Texas schools plus Oklahoma State? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And you also got to factor in Oklahoma and Texas for probably a couple years. Here's my take on that. Who cares? Put them in whatever division and make them play all road games. I mean, really play hardball with those bozos as far as I'm concerned. So that's really the big football news, and it's not really just football, just conference stuff news. Uh, basketball, there has not been really a lot of movement. I mean, there are players still visiting, um, and certainly I think you're going to get a couple more players um, that are going to commit out of the transfer portal to Tech, um, but there's just not been a lot of movement lately with uh, the transfer portal with players coming in. So we'll just kind of have to stay tuned on that. The other big sport sport news story that I want to give my thoughts on this week is we did have the release of the NFL schedule for this year for the, uh, for the 2020, 2022, I said 2021, it's 2022 season. Um, So kind of my initial impressions and again this is going to be very chiefs and cowboys centric because those are my two teams so the cowboys are going to open on sunday night football taking on tampa um tough matchup you're playing tom brady to start the season they almost beat tampa last year um so we'll see what happens 
you know, the Cowboys, I think they're going to win the NFC East this year, but that's really not saying much because the other three teams are just incredibly dysfunctional right now. Philadelphia is the least dysfunctional of the other three. And so Philly probably has the better best chance to d- dethrone the Cowboys from the NFC East. But, I mean, the Giants and then the Commanders, again, stupid name, uh, <laughs> they, they're they just – they're messes. So um, – now the Chiefs. This is to me. This is a real intriguing matchup. The Chiefs are going to be opening the season up against the Cardinals. So we're going to have Cliff Kingsbury taking on Patrick Mahomes in the opener. And you know the Cardinals. And then this is Cliff's. This has been Cliff's mo. Even when he was at Texas Tech, they always start hot and then they peter out at the end. And so you're probably getting the best of the Cardinals week one, Kansas City. I think I think that's going to be a real good week one matchup. That might be one that to really keep an eye on, watch out for. So um, the other the other kind of thoughts on the schedule: um, Thursday night football, the new Thursday night football package on Amazon. Kansas City will be the first uh, game, and they're, they're going to be playing the Chargers. Pretty solid game. I'm not a fan of it being on a Thursday night and Kansas City having to work in a short week to prepare for the Chargers because I think the Chargers are the second best team in the AFC West. I think they are the biggest threat to the Chiefs uh, not winning their division and you're going to have to play them on a short week. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a great, it's a great game for this Thursday night football package to get, I guess, but I, I think it's going to be uh that's going to be a tough, tough go. We'll see I'm not giving my predictions right now. I'll do that in August. But I think that could be a tough game for the Chiefs um, early on in the season. So the Thanksgiving games, they're all duds, quite frankly. Uh, The Cowboys are playing the Giants. Terrible game. Uh, The Lions are playing the Commanders or, you know, the old Redskins. Another dud game. And then um, the night game on the night game I think was the one that was I think it's Bills and Ravens that one probably might be good but I mean geez (laughs) who thought the Cowboys and Giants on Thanksgiving would be good I mean heck put Washington in there I mean even when they're dysfunctional they give the Cowboys good games but you're putting the Giants oh mess 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 so um Cowboys uh, also week two. They play the Bengals early on this year. Uh, be interesting to see what the Bengals are going to do this upcoming year. Was last year a fluke? Are they going to be suffering from a Super Bowl hangover? Um, because it's, uh, statistically, teams that lose the Super Bowl, most of the time they don't make it back to the playoffs the next year. So is that going to happen to the Bengals? So it'll be interesting to see. So early early season, kind of interesting uh, test for the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys get the AFC South um, this year. Should beat the Jags. Should beat the Texans. Um, the Colts. I it's they're going to be an interesting team. You know, bringing in Matt Ryan is that going to help? Is that going to make them better? That I'll, I'll put that in a toss up. And then uh, the Titans, that's another one I put that in the toss-up file. Um, I think the Titans are the best team in the AFC South. But 
I think they really missed out on an opportunity to put themselves as Super Bowl contenders and bring in like an Aaron Rodgers or another quarterback. Um, they they should have gone the route that the Rams did last year and go all in on bringing in because I think their their biggest issue is the quarterback play, and they fix that quarterback play. They're a Super Bowl contender, and they didn't do that. But they're I think they're still going to probably be the best team in the AFC South, um, even with Tannehill. So um, other thoughts? Yeah, it's just going to be. Well, it's the NFL. It'll be fun. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll give more thoughts and I'll do my official predictions when August gets here. But, um, you know, got interesting, interesting stuff nonetheless with the schedule. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I will be taking some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show. It's now time for listener questions. And the best way to ask a listener question is to follow the official Twitter of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is at The C Carp Show on Twitter. Um, I usually tweet out. I tweeted out yesterday morning, give you a few hours to uh, send some questions in. You can also ask me throughout the week, or you can even DM me on that official Twitter site. In addition, I got a big time announcement today. Um, there is now an official TikTok for the Chris Carpenter show. It is called the Chris Carpenter show. And during the week, I'm going to be posting, uh, just short little snippets of opinions, reaction stuff about what's going on. And that'll be another way for you to engage with me is through the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter show. Uh, bear with me, by the way, I'm, I am new to the TikTok world, so it may be goofy for a while. But that's okay. Um, but this is that's a new way for you to follow the Chris Carpenter show um, on TikTok, and love to interact with you on there as well. And another way for you to tell your friends and family about this show. And let's get some more listens in. So let's get to our listener questions. And first question is from. That's the official theme of the Chris Carpenter Show listener questions. Um, this is Nancy from Ozona, home of the Lions. It's also, it's a respite when you're driving to Kerrville. What are the best concerts you've been to? So really good question. Um, I would say I have been to a lot of George Strait concerts through the years. He is probably the number one uh, best concert I've been to. Um as far as the best George Strait concert that I've been to of the ones I've been to, I've seen him like 12, I think 12 or 13 times at this point, probably his best concert. Um, when I went and saw him at Jerry world in Arlington, AT&T stadium, that was a solid concert. You had him singing, you had other stars like Eric church, Jason Aldean, Alan Jackson, Martina McBride, Faith Hill. They all came out and sing saying that was a really solid show. Um, probably my other favorite George Strait concert would have been back in 2011. Um, he came to Lubbock, and it was him, Reba McIntyre, who I had never seen before, and uh, Leanne Womack. That was a really solid concert as well. Other, other concerts besides George Strait that were 
uh, probably favorite concerts I've been to. Um, Garth Brooks, he puts on a good show as well. Um, I've seen him twice, once at the American Airlines Center in Dallas and once at the USA in Lubbock. Both solid, solid shows. Um, you know, Alabama, they put on a good show. I saw them in the snow. Well, it wasn't in snow in the during in the side the concert hall, but it was snowing outside. That was that was an adventure to say the least to see them. But I they were on my bucket list. I had to see them. Um, so definitely them. Uh, Lady Annabellum, also known as Lady A, they put on a good uh, good show as well. I've seen them twice, and um, they, they they do put on a good show. So uh, yeah, obviously before you ask, a lot of country. I'm a country music fan. Um, you know. Certainly, that's, that's probably my favorite. As far as non-country music, uh, Third Day, got to see them a couple times. I actually got to meet them, and um, that was back 2002, almost almost 20 years ago. That's hard to believe. I'm old. Um, yeah, 2002, I was in college, and they were playing at the old uh, Lubbock Municipal Auditorium and got to see them live. That was a really good show, so... Good questions. I love going to live music. Love going to concerts. It's gonna that's gonna be part of my tip of the week uh, this week. So just a little bit of a little kernel of of of, of tease for you. Um, but good question. Next question we've got Greg from Hiko. Rank the Jurassic Park World movies, and will I see the new one? So I'll I'll, t- I'll answer the second question first. Yes, I will see the new one. Um, after the last one, and, and spo- this will probably spoil a little bit of the rankings, I thought I'm done with Jurassic Park because that last one was so terrible. Um, but they've got they've hooked me back in because they're bringing back Dr. Grant and Jeff Goldblum and you know uh, Ellie Sadler. So I'm intrigued. I will probably go see it. I don't have a lot of high expectations for it, though. So let's get to our rankings of Jurassic Park. So at the bottom of the barrel is the previous movie, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It was terrible. It was awful. The only saving grace was this was in the days of when Movie Pass was around. And if you don't know what Movie Pass was, it was awesome. You paid like a monthly fee for this like movie card and you had unlimited movies. I probably bankrupted them, to be honest with you, because I used it a lot. Um, but that one definitely bottom of the barrel, the um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Probably the next one that I would put after that one is uh, Jurassic Park 3. Um, I just it, They brought back Dr. Grant, and that was okay. It was fun. But, I mean, the rest of the movie, I mean, I know they get in a plane crash. Pterodactyls are around. It's very forgettable. Just a very forgettable movie. Um, the next one after that, and this is I'm starting from the bottom. I would then probably put the the Lost World um, sequel. I uh, just wasn't a fan of it. Um, I wasn't a fan of them doing a sequel in the first place, and I remember leaving. That I was like, what was the big deal of that movie it's just more of the same so i'd put lost world at the bottom i would then probably put a number two um jurassic world the one that came out 2015 um i will say this with this rankings 
the sequels just have not been very good. And if I had my druthers, just like The Matrix, there never should have been sequels. The first one just stands alone and it just stands out. But I liked the concept of Jurassic World. I liked the concept of the park is open and there's an actual park and there's people there. It made for, I think, some interesting uh, plot details, interesting imagery. But having said that, it still is not a great, great movie. And then obviously, number one, I mean, Head and Shoulders, I mean, it's on my list of greatest movies of all time is Jurassic Park, the first one. Um, it's it's almost a perfect movie. It is the, uh, the actors that they cast, the storyline, it was the first of these types of movies. It was just, it's really good. And so, yeah, I would, I would put Jurassic Park head and shoulders and, you know, and like I said, probably if, if, if we have to have sequels, the only one to me that should, that makes sense to exist is Jurassic world as a sequel, just because, I mean, like I said, the concept of there's now a park and people are there visiting and it's open. That's interesting to me. Um, execution wise, it's still, it's just, it's just not as good as, as the original. So, but I will see that I will see the new one. Expectations are quite low. I'm just hoping it's better than the fallen kingdom. And I think it might be just, I mean, you are bringing back Dr. Grant and them. So that helps, but I don't have a lot of high expectations of it. So good question. Next question. We've got Allison from Bastrop, home of the bears. What's the best non-mainstream sport? And uh, she names golf, soccer, hockey, etc. So I would say for me personally, um, NASCAR is probably the best non-mainstream sport. Um, It's my favorite of what you you would call non-mainstream sport. And here's my definition of non-mainstream sport. Um, It would be a sport that is not as big of a moneymaker, not one that is normally played in a high school setting. To me, the big three sports, we only have really three mainstream sports, football, basketball, baseball. So non-mainstream to me is not football, not basketball, not baseball. And I would put NASCAR, I would put auto racing um, as as my favorite non-mainstream sport. Um, Another non-mainstream sport that I think is very strong is um, I would probably put volleyball. I like volleyball. It's not televised a lot, but I enjoy volleyball. Um, but, I, you know, those would probably be the two. I'm not really into golf. Um, I'd like to learn how to play golf. But I'm not, I, you know, Sunday afternoons, I'm not tuning in to watch, you know, whatever golf tournament it is. I mean, I know the, when the Masters is on and all that, but it's not one. I, I also like tennis, um, but we're not very good at tennis in the United States anymore, especially on the men's side. So it's it's really not appealing right now. So I would say NASCAR, honestly. So I also like hockey, but um, it's another one that I I don't know. I like the Avalanche, and the only reason I like the Avalanche is because they have a cool mascot. So I, I'll I'll fully admit it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I would say NASCAR. All right, good question. Our next question comes from Rick from Seymour. Uh, home of the world's slowest Dairy Queen. At least that's what I've heard from uh, the Hyatt show. 
What's your favorite streaming service? Ooh, good question. And yeah, that's a big one right now because I think we have reached basically the limit of more streaming services. And I think you're going to start to see some of the current streaming services either die or get bought out by another streamer. Um, Netflix, I don't think they're long for the world. Um, I think they're going to get bought out by somebody sooner rather than later. And I got to tell you, after Stranger Things season four drops and is over, that's the first one that might be on my chopping block because there's really not a lot of good stuff on Netflix right now. Um, so going back to the question, I would probably say Paramount Plus is my favorite streamer. Um, they have all the Star Trek shows. The They have 1883, which I think is a really solid show. A lot of your uh, the Yellowstone guy, Taylor Sheridan, he's creating a lot of shows on 1880 uh, on uh, Paramount Plus that are really solid. Um, so I would say Paramount Plus is probably my favorite streamer. You know, I use Hulu, but I use Hulu more as like that's my cable. Instead of having cable, I have Hulu Live. I don't watch a lot of like original Hulu stuff. Um, Disney Plus, his hit or miss. Some of the Marvel stuff's good. Uh, some of the Star Wars stuff's good. Some of it, bleh, not very good. But yeah, I'd say Paramount Plus is my favorite of of the streamers. So, and and it's, like I said, I think you're going to see the amount of streamers go go down pretty quickly. Um, you know, I don't have HBO Max. That's one. I've looked at getting, you know, but at this point I'm kind of limited. I, I, I'm not going to add another one. It's going to be more of when I cancel one, I would add HBO Max. And right now Netflix, quite frankly, is kind of on the chopping block with me. So next question, we've got Yvette from Zapata. <laughs> Which NFL team has the best uniforms? So I'm going to answer this. I'm going to actually answer another part of this question with best and worst and um, best uniforms, I think, I think it's Kansas City. Very simplistic. You got the red. You got the really cool arrowhead on the side. They don't go hog wild with weird combinations. It's just a solid-looking uniform. Um, let me talk a little bit about the Cowboys uniform. Um, the Cowboys uniform, I like the white. The, uh, the pants is where there's issues. It's a green. I don't know if you realize this or not. It's a greenish pant that they wear with the white unis, and it looks really weird to me. Um, also, the blues. I just think they're very ordinary. I love the Cowboys jerseys where they got the stars on the shoulders. Those are cool looking. When they used to do throwbacks with the white star or with the white helmets, blue star. I like that look, um, but. It's still the Cowboys uniforms, not necessarily my favorite. And I just don't think it pops as much as the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a really solid uniform set. Um, now let's talk about worst uniforms. Um, the Seahawks, to me, not a fan of theirs. Bad, bad looking unis. Um, the Broncos. I think the Broncos need to go back to the orange crush look. So the orange jersey, the blue helmet with the D and the Bronco sticking out, that is their best look. And their current look is just way too dated now. It's it's a 90s look, basically. Um, so if I had my druthers, if I was NFL commissioner, if I was the new owner of the Denver Broncos, Mr. Peyton Manning, 
go back to the orange crush look. That is the best Denver Broncos look. And I think your current look is just not, it's not good. Um, the Falcons, their UDs are a little rough looking too. They're another one. If they go back to their look from like the 80s or even like the 90s, which is the black helmet, but that red helmet with the Falcon hanging down, that's probably their best look. Um, other teams that bad looks, I'm trying to think. Tampa, a lot of people are big on the creamsicle. It's fine, um, but I'm not as like, oh, we got to bring it back no matter what. Um, Jacksonville, they really, they 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 bettered their unis. When they had that weird like two-tone helmet a few years ago, that was terrible looking. Um, the Patriots, a lot of people want to go back to the, like the Pat the Patriot look. I like their current, like the, they call it the Flying Elvis Patriot, but I also like Pat the Patriot. I like both Patriot looks. Um, I think they they have they have pretty solid uniforms. Um, other team, uh, well, the Commanders are just a disaster because it's a stupid name. Doesn't matter what they wear. Um, who else? There's really not a other any other team I can really think of that. Oh, they need to change their unis. Um, I'm also, but I'm also a fan of the Rams new look, the current look. A lot of people don't like it. Like the, the dishwater white, uh, which which the bone in uniforms or the Ram. I think they're fine. Um, I think they're better than what their St. Louis Rams look is. But like I said, I think the number one look is the chiefs by far. They just have the best look. They have the best stadium too, by the way. Um, even though it's old, it's such a, it's such an iconic stadium and, you know, just everything. I, the Chiefs, they they bat. They they are ten for ten on on most everything, and I hope they don't change anything. Do not cave to the woke morons. Keep the name the Chiefs. So, good question. And our next question is going to be less less. Oh yeah, so a few more questions. Sorry, Ozzy from Pecos. That's where my dad grew up. He was a Pecos Eagle. Crypto has been in a free fall lately. Do you think Bitcoin and the other cryptos bounce back anytime soon? I don't think anything bounces back anytime soon. I think we're in for some pretty rough times economically. Um, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but I just think the what we're in right now and the leaders we have right now, I don't think things are going to rebound. I think we're going to see a lot more worse than good, which is unfortunate. Um, shouldn't be that way. There's a lot of decisions that can be made that could fix this, that our leaders are just not going to make because of their political ideologies. As far as crypto, I just think crypto is a very unstable um, investment. Um, you know, I have a little bit in crypto, but I didn't put in a lot because I'm just, I just didn't think it was going to be stable. And, you know, the big thing with investing, and, and I'm not an investment expert, and so please don't take my advice, talk to an actual investment expert, but Kind of my take on it with investments is you don't want to throw all of your eggs in one basket. Don't throw everything in the stock market. Don't throw everything in crypto. Don't throw everything in just savings or CDs or anything like that. You know, you want to have a diversified investment portfolio. And so, yeah, if you have a little bit of money to throw in crypto, um, you know, probably now is not the best time. But, you know, if it rebounds, that might be something to consider. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to rebound anytime soon. I think you're going to see a little bit of it plunge down. I think it will eventually maybe come up, but um, not anytime soon. So 
All right, we've got Ezekiel from Floyd Data, home of the Whirlwinds. If Picard and Kirk faced each other in space combat, who would have who would have the advantage? So that's kind of an interesting question because one of the initial ideas for uh, Star Trek Generations was Kirk versus Picard. They were going to battle each other. Um, I, here's and Generations is actually not one of the worst movies, but I think what hurts it is they should have had the entire original series crew come back and they should have done something where the original series and the next generation crew have to work together. Um, not just Kirk and Picard, but if it's Kirk versus Picard, who would win? By the way, I like both captains. Um, I grew up on Picard being the captain more than Kirk. You know, when I grew up, next generation was the show. Um, I really, Kirk, my associations with Kirk are more through the movies and less with the original series show. Um, having said that, I would probably give the edge to Kirk because I think Kirk thinks outside the box more than Picard does. Picard is a little bit more by the book than Kirk, and I think Kirk would do whatever it takes to win in a battle. So I'd give the edge to Kirk. Still, I think both of them are great captains. So, all right, we got two more. We got Samantha from Tulia, home of the Hornets. Who is the best tennis player of all time? And then uh, she lists out uh, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Sampras, Bjorn Borg, McEnroe, Agassi, Jimmy Connors. So, okay, I'm going to do a male and female category with this. I think female head and shoulders, it's probably Serena Williams. Um, She's just, I just think she's probably the best tennis player of all time. Um, I talked about this earlier in the non-mainstream sports. Tennis is hurting right now for stars, you know, especially like American stars, you know. But I mean, I remember like back in the 90s, you know, when it was Steffi Groff, Monica Seles. And Monica Seles to me is one of the big what ifs. You know, she was stabbed at that tournament in Germany and she never was the same again. What would have happened with her if she never got stabbed? What kind of records would she have held? Um, so, yeah, on women's category, I would say Serena. Now, men is an interesting one. Probably the best male tennis player that I've ever seen. I would probably give the edge to Federer. Um, American male, I'd probably say Sampras. But I think Federer, he shattered the record books enough that I'd probably lean more towards him. Tennis is just very hard to say, well, this one's the greatest of all time because I think the sport itself cycles through. And, you know, could you transport John McEnroe um, to today's environment and what would he do? Um, But I think I would probably lean Federer as far as best male. So... All right, last question. We got Becky from Colorado City, home of the Wolves. How long do you think Brittany Griner will remain in Russian jail? Is the United States doing everything it can to help get her home? So let's talk about this situation, uh, Brittany Griner. Um, so apparently she's in jail indefinitely because she had some, like, hash oil. It's like, I guess it's marijuana oil. I don't know. Um, there's some that believe that she's being held prisoner to send a message to the United States. 
not to meddle with their with the Russian affairs. I don't know. Um, I think she's eventually going to get released. Um, as far as is the United States doing enough, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, it's a bad look, I guess, media-wise, to have her still indefinitely jailed. Um, but I'm sure there's back channels being worked through. I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm not a Brittany Griner fan. You know, she punched a girl at Tech, broke her jaw, and Baylor's coach just kind of never punished her. So that really soured me on her. Um, she's also one that she's gotten in trouble here in the United States over stuff, you know, abusing her significant other. Um, she's been very anti-American in her views. So, which, by the way, I think kind of part of that's karma now. Hey, you're in Russian jail. I'm sure you'd want to be Ameri- back in America now. Um, having said that, I'm not I don't wish any bad on her if she did if she is being held for political reasons that's wrong if she was stupid enough to bring drugs into russia you can't be that dumb uh, it's like you know I, and i lived on the border um uh, grew up in el paso and i grew, lived on the border with mexico and you always had these stories of people getting arrested in mexico and indefinitely jailed and you just got and a lot of times they were they did stupid stuff to get themselves arrested and you just have to realize and this is, this is something that we, we a lot of people fail to understand. We have a really good justice system in the United States. Despite what the media tells you, we have a really good justice system. We don't indefinitely jail people. We don't, um, you know, we have the Eighth Amendment, no cruel and unusual punishment, which means that, you know, if you're arrested, if you shop with the candy bar, we don't throw you into a labor camp for 30 years. Um Having, you know, having said that, is our justice system perfect? No, but it's better than the rest of the world. And you see that when you see stories like Brittany Griner or, you know, when we had people in uh, getting caught in Mexico um, or, you know, the big one with Mexico is you had stories of, you know, someone was on the wrong, got on the wrong road and, you know, they had their gun in their car and they accidentally crossed the border and Mexico's very big, you know, they're very anti-gun uh, control. Um you know, and they end up getting jailed for that, so, which is ridiculous. But um, to go back to answer the question, I do think she gets out soon. Um, now soon, I think within a, within a couple months, she's going to be back out. Um, and I probably the United States is, is doing a lot of stuff, more back channels than anything else. So it'll be interesting to see, do we give up something for Brittany Griner? I'm not sold on doing that. To be honest with you, but yeah, I th- I think uh, I think she's gonna get out soon. She's not gonna be one held for years on end. So um, again, great questions from everybody. And uh, remember, if you want to ask any listener questions, um, what you need to do is follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. And then again, follow the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter Show which is just simply The Chris Carpenter Show. And I look forward to interacting with you. Uh, this, uh, both, both of those social media platforms are the perfect way to share with your friends that there is a Chris Carpenter Show and, uh, and tell them about this great podcast. So 
We're going to take our break, and then when we come back, it will be time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my Tip of the Week is concerning a venue in the, uh, if you live in the Lubbock area, that you need to go to an event to, and that's the new Buddy Holly Hall, uh, which is located uh, downtown Lubbock. I was able to go Friday night to see Travis Tritt play. By the way, great concert. He did an acoustic uh, concert, but that this was my first uh, trip to the brand new Buddy Holly Hall. It, it opened back in uh, 2020. Um, obviously, with COVID, um, there weren't a lot of events there. 2020 uh, really got ramped up last year in 2021, and uh, they've really got some great, um, great stuff going on there coming up. Um, but yeah, I got to, I got to see Travis Tritt at the Buddy Holly Hall. Great venue. Um, they've got a variety of of stuff that's coming up at the Buddy Holly Hall. Um, Lady Lady A, uh, you might know him as Lady Annabellum. They're going to be performing there. Um, there was a, they've got a whole Broadway series uh, coming, musicals, including Hamilton next July. That's going to be performing there. They've uh, Tim Allen's done stand-up comedy. I think he's coming back in the fall as well. Um, and then the Lubbock Symphony Orchestra, they have all of their concerts at the Buddy Holly Performing Arts Center. So um, if you've not been out there for, for an event, um, there's – there's probably an event for you, uh, whether you like country music, whether you like uh, more Broadway musicals type stuff, comedy. Try and go out there to an event. And um, a lot of the prices are reasonable. Some of them aren't. I'll be honest with you. Like Hamilton, I really would like to go see Hamilton, but it's like 200 something dollars even for like balcony seats. Um, you know, they need. I, let me give them a tip. Um, they need to do like a special show for history teachers because I use Hamilton in the classroom and I would love to see the Hamilton Broadway musical. So send this podcast to the Buddy Holly people. But, um, you know, there, there's there's other more recent. I mean, the Travis Tritt concert was very reasonably priced. And, um, I you know, I, I wasn't way up in the balcony. I wasn't way down either. But I had very good seats and the acoustics are fantastic in the theater. So, um, you know, if you haven't already, um, and go, go to the, the, I don't, I don't know the official website, but just search buddy Holly hall or buddy Holly performing arts center on Google and you'll be able to find it. But, you know, go, go and attend an event there. Um, you know, you're just going to be impressed with the facility and you're really going to be impressed with the sound, the acoustical sounds that come from the theater itself. So that is my Chris Carpenter. Tip of the week. And I will see y'all next week. Uh, we'll have another episode of the Chris Carpenter Show drop. Um, we've got two more episodes before, actually, one more episode before I am officially on summer vacation. Um, so next week, I'm going to have a little bit of an announcement regarding what we're going to do. We're going to do some special stuff this summer that um, I'm going to experiment with with this podcast. So looking forward to sharing that with you. So tune in next week for. The Chris Carpenter Show.